Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Prediction Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Shanyanyanyan. And, <laughs> and uh, I got a cat, and what? he's our he's our new podcast host. <laughs> You're Shanyanyanyan. I see. Very, yeah. very cute. Yeah. Just like you, you little, you little kitty, you. What are you talking about? You I'm a kitty. human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'd like all of you listeners at home to know that i did a little shoulder strut when i said yeah yeah you did you're like really close actually like just putting your like paw up your little hand yeah but i like my hands in my lap instead yeah just like you lap up that milk <laughs> so we're off to a great start uh this this is a fun episode um, already <laughs> we didn't have to get to the content yet <laughs> uh we're gonna start with as always some corrections from last week's episode right and they were kind of a hefty chunk first one sean and i were talking about mario tennis aces you know uh while while sean was saying he liked the merits of it as a fighting game you mentioned that that we shouldn't expect mario tennis aces to be like a camelot mario tennis one mm-hmm. of the mario tennis games that camelot designed uh, back in the day, right? Um, I want you. I I'm gonna give you one guess as to who developed Mario Tennis Aces. Camelot. Camelot. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> yeah. It's funny. Even though Mario Tennis games don't really have RPG elements anymore, mm-hmm. Camelot has been the one developing the Mario Tennis games That's this entire time. They okay. developed the Mario Tennis game for the Wii U. Uh, they developed. Yeah. If, if it was a Mario Tennis game, Camelot probably made it as as well as just a lot of mario sports games mario sports superstars for the 3ds that was camelot okay uh, did they do strikers no that was next level games ah okay yeah. that's it's really interesting then that they've kind of like paper marioed themselves yeah you yeah know? right like people have these fond memories of the uh of the gba mario tennis games and then now it's like this this game is like the color splash of yeah. Mario Tennis. Oh, man. I wonder if this is also Shigeru Miyamoto's fault. Oh, I wonder. Right? That's a good question. Yeah, like those like that, those first Mario Tennis and Golf games for the Game Boy, mm-hmm. uh, they had those RPG elements. Right. And then, like, and then the later ones stripped those RPG elements for no explained reason. Uh-huh. That's a good point. Uh, back when that was happening, we weren't doing Awada Asks. We weren't getting that mm-hmm. background information. I miss Iwata asks. Those are so good. Me too. I miss Iwata. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, every time the anniversary comes up, it's like fuck. You yeah, know, have right. So much longer. Yeah. So while that was a correction I had to make for Sean, all the other corrections this episode are my fault. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and they all involved me getting wrong whether or not certain games got localized. Uh. So I said that Master of Illusion only came out in Japan. Mm-hmm. This game for the DS that just had a bunch of magic tricks and it featured Barbara the Bat. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it did get a United States release. Actually got a worldwide release, I'm pretty sure, in November 26, 2007. Okay. I mentioned that Kuru Kuru Kururin for the Game Boy Advance only ever came out in Japan and Europe. It did get a North American release on the Wii U Virtual Console. Oh, but it was literally two years ago. Yes, yeah, like it. <laughs> it never, yeah, it never came out on store shelves for the Game Boy Advance. Right. They they did the whole like import release thing okay. where we got it on the Wii U Virtual Console uh, in February of 2016. Gotcha. And even though I was kind of following Wii U Virtual Console stuff pretty closely because they were doing a lot of cool stuff with the Game Boy Advance Virtual Console, mm-hmm. they actually like. 
they took the Game Boy Advance version of Super Mario Bros. 3, right? Mm-hmm, right. And they included all the e-reader exclusive levels. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they did a lot of other, like, cool Game Boy Advance Virtual Console stuff that I was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I missed it. I forgot about Kuru Kuru Kururin. I guess you could say that it flew under the Kuru 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 radar. Finally, last <laughs> correction <laughs> is that I said that Devil World... Never came out in the United States initially, but it did eventually get like a virtual console release on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has never come out in the United States, period, not even on virtual console. Those poor devils. Yeah. They're stuck in Japan. Yeah. I th- Like, maybe I'll have to correct this <laughs> next week, ne- uh, next time, but I think Europe has actually gotten a localization, but America hasn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they, yeah, and they're... and it got like a it got like a late localization, not like not like back in the day. Okay, I think. Uh, I'll I'm I'll probably be talking about this next time. Anyway, so those are our corrections. Mm-hmm. So next, as always, or as recently always, it's it's becoming a trend <laughs> now. I think I can say as always, sure. we are going to look at the music that's been uploaded on the Smash Bros. Dojo, and really like. I'll cover any, like, notable updates on the Smash Dojo, Mm -hmm. but so far it's really only ever music. Right. Uh, Since last time we recorded, uh, the F-Zero medley went up by Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, a guy who's done the soundtracks for stuff like Daytona USA and Virtua Fighter and Sonic the Fighters. (laughs) And uh, I I really love it. Like, it's got a bunch of F-Zero tunes in there, but he intersperses it with, like, a really excited voice going like F Zero, and then like the second half of it is just like like a really excited like Japanese man singing lyrics. And if you've heard any of the stuff that he did for Daytona USA, this is completely in character. For yeah, him. no, this is... like just look up like Daytona USA OST on YouTube and get ready for a wild ride. Yeah. Clearly, they didn't know what they were getting into when they hired him to compose the music for that game. <laughs> but I guess they must have known what they were getting into when they hired him to do a F-Zero remix. And I love that they got into what they got into. Yes. Because it's it's good. It's yeah, good. I really love it. And after that, they put up Galaga Medley. Yes. From Yusuke Takahama, a guy who actually hasn't done a whole lot of... A whole lot of soundtracks for games. He he used to work for Data East, and he was a sound designer for them. He worked on Bad Dudes, but he only made the sound effects for Bad Dudes. He didn't make the music for it. And as I said to Daniel prior to uh, us recording this episode when I was listening to this song, I would not have expected someone whose most notable credit is Bad Dudes <laughs> to have produced such a jamming track. It's oh, yeah. really great. Oh, no, it's it's. Like, I think we both agree that it's, like, it's one of our new favorites. Yeah, like, it doesn't quite eclipse the Bomb Rush Blush remix for me. Right. It's up there. It's definitely in the top three. Yeah. Oh, man. It's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yusuke Takahama, his most notable tunes up to now, actually, is just other Smash Bros. remixes. (laughs) He did did the remix of Shadow Man's theme for Smash 4. Oh, okay. So he's got some chops. Yeah, he's got some definite chops, and he only uses them on Smash Bros. games. Hey. If I could have a job to only compose music for Smash Bros. games, I would sign up for that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's definitely fair. Here on the Smashing Theory, we like to we like to predict what's going to be in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the next Super Smash Bros. game for Nintendo Switch. We like to 
do it in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we go franchise by franchise. Sometimes mm-hmm. we go company by company. Sometimes we cover broader concepts like assist trophies, like we did last episode. Now, this episode was planned to be the new franchises episode, one where we talked about uh, franchises that were basically they debuted too late to really be considered for Smash 4. Right. Um, and we're still going to talk about that, but I realized that that subject has to share the episode spotlight with an upcoming event. Yes. So... One of my favorite upcoming events. Yes, and that is Evo. Evo. So this is going to be the new franchises episode, but it's also going to be an Evo prediction episode. Um. So yeah, let's... uh. Let's start off our Evo talk. Okay. So first I'll start out with uh, all the non-Smash stuff that's going to happen there. I guess maybe first of all, should we explain for the gentry what Evo is? Yeah, let's let's do that. Cool. Why don't you go ahead? Evo is the Super Bowl, the Tour de France, the World Series, the World Cup of professional fighting games yes uh it is far and away the biggest fighting game tournament in the world it happens i believe in las vegas correct i think yes yeah Yeah. um happens in las vegas every year uh it's been running for a number of years now over 10 yeah, yeah yeah certainly over 10 close to 20 i think Maybe maybe around the fifteen year mark, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um two thousand and two. And uh it is where just like the best and most accomplished fighting gamers in the entire world go to compete. There uh is of course um a smash presence there. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't really be bringing this up. Right. But also I mean we might find an excuse to because we love Evo. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> um but also there's a, a number of other games that get played there and there's a side tournament called Animevo that just plays anime style fighting games. Yeah. The whole weekend and if you are as into this, you know, subculture as Daniel and I am, then it's just like a weekend to veg out on the couch with a bunch of snacks and watch Twitch all day for yeah. three days straight. Yeah, it is our Super Bowl at the very least. Yeah. Like we, we generally invite friends over, none of them usually come. <laughs> but uh Well we They, uh, they come yeah. for the pizza and then yeah. leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're like yeah, they, they make some comments about how they don't understand what's happening and and then uh they, they go home. But I once was in I was at my parents' house, and they live in Florida for uh, the summer one year, and I was uh, watching Evo, mm-hmm. and I had it up on the TV, and my dad came in. Uh, my dad, for the record, has not been a gamer since Sinistar was in arcades, <laughs> since arcades existed in any meaningful way. Right. He came in, watched for like 20 seconds, said, yeah, I just don't get it, and then walked out of the room. <laughs> And uh, that's usually kind of how it goes. Yeah, that's fair uh, for people who you know aren't really into fighting games. But uh, if if you like fighting games at all, definitely at least check it out. Oh yeah, it was a good time, and you might want to check it out this weekend uh, at the very least. Specifically, the the Smash related tournaments. Yes. But we'll get into that in a sec. Yes. So yeah, so I'll I'll start off with some. With some non-Smash predictions, because mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be, like, a lot of cool stuff that happens at Evo, like, reveals-wise. Right. So I'll, I'll go down the schedule, and I'll leave the Smash stuff at it first, and then we'll talk more in depth about the Smash stuff. Sure. So, you know, they're they're doing, like, pools and stuff starting Friday and going into Saturday. Pools being 
just everyone in the tournament going against each other in these tournament brackets to like sort of weed out right. the weed out the the people that aren't going to win and like you know you then you get into a top 64 and a top 32 and stuff i for instance regularly enter a fighting game called combo breaker that happens in our state of illinois <laughs> maybe someone else at this table does that too uh yes um and i have never advanced out of pools yeah never uh, ever i never expect to yeah same i think our best our, our best tournaments in any fighting game that matters right uh we've we've like come out 2-2, two, two, right? Yeah, yeah. 2-2 two two is my best. Yeah, two two wins, two losses and a double elimination bracket. There was one year where I made it to uh the losers finals of my pool in something called the mystery game tournament <laughs> where uh every match is in a different randomly selected video game. It's awesome. I love it. It's so good. Uh <laughs> like sometimes you just uncover these really incredible hidden gems that you can't believe no one is still playing. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to compete in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Yeah. And it just drags on for half an hour because that game is broken. No, that that was like, oh, God, that was such a slog. You basically, you're just tapping the A button that was the for worst, seven years. Yeah, that was the worst mystery game that I've seen, I think. It was yeah. very, very not great. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's like there yeah there's some surprisingly fun games and then there's games that are just like butt and the they run the like the the tournament runners run that game because they know it's yeah. butt yeah it's it's a lot of fun actually it is i always enjoy i i never really enter it myself because i get really anxious if i enter more than one tournament at a time and i always want to enter whatever the nether realm game is more than anything else right but i enjoy watching daniel play through mystery that's always fun i think that um daniel's kind of primary strength in fighting games is that he's really great at kind of just the fundamentals of playing fighting games and so because of that he's able to very quickly adapt to whatever game is being played um and so it's always really interesting for me to see you know like he's in match two and already he has a strategy going on like that's always cool to me thank you that's that's very nice and very generous of you to say <laughs> i'm i'm not as good as, as sean has boosted me up to be he but. is at the very least better than me immediately <laughs> at mechanics i'm more of a combo guy yeah speaking of you being a combo guy and speaking of you playing the nether realm game at every tournament the first round of finals the the first like big event that happens right. at Evo this weekend is Injustice Two Finals, uh, and by finals we mean like top eight, basically. Right. Uh, Saturday at twelve p.m. Pacific time. Now, Injustice Two is a cool game. Yes, I, I like it a lot. They've like their DLC roster has been great. Like Enchantress and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are just some like great ass characters. Love those turtles. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> you know, after. After E3, I was pretty much convinced it's like, oh, like they didn't show Mortal Kombat 11 at E3. They got to show it at Evo. Right. But the lack of Ed Boon teasing mm. that's been happening this mm -hmm. week uh, makes me a little concerned that maybe that won't happen either. Like maybe. Yeah. 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 Like, like maybe they're going to take three years to make the next Mortal Kombat instead of two. Or maybe they're just going to have a, like a shorter, a shorter marketing time. Like True. they'll, they'll reveal it at like, the video game awards in December right. and then just show like 
a new character every week until it comes out <laughs> in May or June. Go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. I, I can see that too. So that is interesting though. Um, Ed Boone incidentally is uh, the creator of the Mortal Kombat franchise and he's kind of a notorious troll. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, he loves kind of faking people out and teasing stuff. So. Yeah. So that is weird. I hadn't thought about that, that he really hasn't been doing any yeah. kind of MK stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, normally he'd be really active on social media with stuff like that right about now. Yeah. I alternately, I wonder if WB Games told him to stop. Right. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Just, just swim in your swimming pool that's full of money and shut up. <laughs> I'd say it's more likely that Injustice 2 is, uh, that Mortal Kombat 11 is like, farther out from a reveal than we think right now right but i would love an 11 reveal it would honestly be weird uh for injustice 2 to finish and there to be like no announcement or anything that would be weird for sure yeah after that uh at 4 p.m pacific time (laughs) uh for like four hours later because (laughs) injustice 2 takes forever yes is blaze blue cross tag battle a, a game that I that I have and I really need to play more of because it is surprisingly fun. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people raised up kind of a, a stink when this was announced as an Evo game because at the time it was announced as an Evo game, it wasn't out yet. Right. Um, so there, but, were, there were a lot of people who were kind of complaining about like, oh, this game definitely deserves to be at Evo as opposed to some other game that I like. You know? Yeah, right. There's yeah. a lot of salt. Yeah, there was a lot um, of salt, especially because like, you know. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite didn't make it in, but this game that didn't come out did. Right. That's not Blaze Blue's fault. Yeah. That is squarely MVCI's fault. It really is, yeah. And fortunately, like, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle has turned out to be a really cool game. Yeah, really solid. Yeah. So they haven't revealed about half of the DLC cast for Blaze Blue Tag Battle, so that's clearly going to be what the reveal is. Yeah. Now, most of, like, we already know what the other half of the DLC cast <laughs> is going to be because, like... People have data mined the game and found voice clips for all the remaining characters. Right. And, you know, there's there's going to be some some really cool ones like Merkava from Uniel, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, from Undernight Inbirth, Exe Late. <laughs> uh, if you would decide uh, that you would like to become a fan of anime fighters, get used to some names, man. <laughs> this, <laughs> they've, yeah, they've got some names. Yeah. Uh, some there's some cool Blaze Blue characters, but I forget exactly which ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that whole cast is cool in its own way, except for like the five Android girls that are kind of all the same. Right, right. So I'm sure that it'll be good, whoever it is. Yeah. And Sean's personal favorite is, uh, is in that data mind cast, Labrys from Persona 4 Arena. The best Persona character of all time, zero hyperbole, 100% accuracy. (laughs) Everyone agrees with me and I'm glad you all do. I remember one time when we were talking about a character in a video game that you really liked, I noticed that that character had a lot in common with several other of Sean's favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So I said something along the lines of it, like, it'd be really funny to just see, like, your dream character, like <laughs> like a character that's just every trope you're into combined. <laughs> and Sean just said as a joke, like, he was like, oh, oh yeah, that'd be hilarious. Just like, uh, like a high school girl that's also a robot <laughs> with a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> and uh, we stopped for a second because Sean... Like, no, like, without, like, planning or, like, doing it on purpose at all, just just accidentally made Labrys from Persona 4 Arena. Fellas and ladies, 
if you like the Persona games and you have not played Persona 4 Arena's story mode, I would like to suggest that you do so by whatever means you can, because then you will be introduced to the best character in the Persona canon. Yes. Labrys A. Robot. That's not her full name. (laughs) And if you play Persona 4 Arena 1 and you think, oh, this door is kind of kind of lit it's kind of cool i'd i'd like to play some of the persona games definitely play at least persona 4 before you move on to ultimax because ultimax just spoils the final boss of persona 4 yes important yes incidentally the final boss is playable in ultimax and they are very cool yeah they are very cool but anyway yeah so i I think we'll get some blaze blue tag dlc reveals and that's pretty much it because our system works is a company that likes to do a lot of reveals right at evo they did a bunch last year Mm -hmm. but they have another game at evo this year so it makes sense for them to do all the reveals during the sunday game sure the sunday game being guilty gear exard rev 2 final start at 8 a.m sunday morning pacific time oh that's early yeah so it'll be 10 a.m over here so you'll be up at least (laughs) right uh yeah that that is true. Sadly, since I worked in education for a number of years, I can't sleep past seven thirty most like ninety nine percent of the time. Right. So yeah. I'll have been awake for hours yeah. by the time that starts airing. Yeah, I think we'll get like the bulk of like our system works announcements here, and they'll probably announce some cool stuff. One thing that's worth noting is that it's been a little over a year since the Guilty Gear team has shown what they've been working on lately. Hmm. Uh, so I think we might get an announcement for a new Arc System Works game. Because hmm. uh, basically, like, there's three 2D fighting game teams at Arc System Works. Right. Uh, one of them is currently, like, working on Dragon Ball Fighters, like, finishing up the DLC for it and all that. Mm-hmm. The other team is wrapping up work on Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Right. Uh, but the Guilty Gear Exile Drive 2 team has been kind of MIA. So I think one of two game reveals I could see happening. Okay. Yeah, that I can see happening during this reveal slot specifically. Guilty Gear Exard 3, like the the next installment of Guilty Gear Exard with some new characters and stuff. Sure. That would make some sense. But the one I'm really hoping for instead is Persona 5 Arena. Please! Yeah, God. Oh my God, it would be so good! Yeah, I want that so much. Me too. Uh, Oh man. Yeah. Uh, pers- like Persona Five has such a fighting game cast already. Mm-hmm. Like you could be Makoto and just have like motorcycle combos. You could be the cat. <laughs> you could be the cat. You could be the cat. Ah, uh, there's there's so much potential for a fighting game to be made out of that game. And also, I'm just not ready for the rockin' Persona 5 aesthetic to go away yet. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so ready for Persona 5 Arena to have, like, all those nifty menus and to see oh, what yeah. the health bars look like. Right, yeah, like that red and black aesthetic yeah, with I that, just, like, white in there. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot to be done with that. Oh, you know? yeah. And I would be excited to see how they would use that. Yeah, me too. I really got my fingers crossed for Persona 5 Arena. Oh. But it might be, like, something we don't expect at all also sure. because Arc System Works does that. Yeah, that is true. Hell, we didn't expect Persona 4 Arena when that got announced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then later, Sunday, is the Tekken 7 Finals mm-hmm. at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. And there's been some rumblings that 
there's going to be more Tekken DLC. The Tekken 7 season pass is already over and done with. It was very lackluster, actually. Hmm. Uh, like, you know, it had, like, what, two characters? Like, we got Geese Howard, oh, we got, yeah. and we got Noctis. Right. And then we also got a Tekken Bull mode. Tekken Bull mode is actually fantastic. Yes, it is. It's great. Yeah, Tekken Bull was great. But, like, it was it was like a $30, $40, like, season pass. And Ooh. that's all we, yeah. Uh, so that was a little underwhelming. Harada, the the producer mm-hmm. of the Tekken series, seems to have been teasing like a season two, like more DLC coming for Tekken Seven. Okay. Um. So it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see what they've got and if it's if it'll actually be like worth the price of that of whatever pass they make for it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I uh, I have a lot of trouble wrapping my head around Tekken because yeah. it's difficult for me to kind of get the mechanics yeah but i do think that it's a very fun game to watch irrespective of that yeah i agree with that uh so i'll be looking forward to that as well yeah and i think one thing that would get a lot of people pumped up for a tekken 7 season 2 mm-hmm. is if like they just announce uh kazuma kiryu from yakuza as a playable <laughs> character that would be really great he'd be yeah. such a good tekken character yeah right he's, he's his a whole game fit. is just single player tekken yeah right <laughs> and buying chickens or whatever <laughs> i need to play yakuza zero <laughs> but i think that wouldn't be all for tekken 7 finals i think they would also show off some soul Calibur 6 stuff Ooh, nice. and, and reveal another new character or two from that okay i hope that uh soul Calibur 6 is good me too. I uh, kind of grew up with that franchise, you know. Yeah. Uh, started off with Soul Calibur 2, where all my friends played as Link. Nice. And then uh, progressed to Soul Calibur 3, which had that neat little character creation system. Yeah. And then kind of dropped that franchise. So I, uh, you know, hopefully Soul Calibur 6 is worth me picking it back up. Yeah. I think one thing that would actually be pretty hype-inducing is if at Evo they just showed the Soul Calibur 6 character creator. That would be cool. Yeah. Ah, oh, that'd be really cool. Because they've, they've said in several interviews, it's like, well, like a lot of people are like, where's the character creator? <laughs> and they're like, we can't talk about specific features right now, but we think that you'll find that all the features you know and love for Vassal Calibur games, uh, you know, yeah. Right, right, that shit. Yeah. So, uh. Please understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, hope hopefully that. That'd be really cool. Then, the next to last non-Smash game that'll be shown at the tournament is Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Please move on. <laughs> you, you, you like Dragon Ball Fighters more than that, I think. That's right? true. Yeah. I, I have to say that when I was at Combo Breaker this year, I watched the top eight, and it's very fun to watch live. Nice. Like at one point, somebody got all the Dragon Balls and summoned the dragon in the middle of a match. Oh, that was cool. Really cool, cool, cool. Um, it is fun to watch. I just can't help but be disappointed because, <laughs> like, you know, for instance. They announced that some new characters are coming to the game recently. <laughs> Goku and Vegeta are already in the game a number of times in their various Saiyan incarnations. Yeah. The latest ones are regular Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> and I just, it's every time, I've never been less excited about fighting game DLC. Like yeah. every time it's like, yeah, there's new characters coming for Dragon Ball Fighters. It's like, oh, fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> What's it going to be? Vegeta in the pink shirt? <laughs> Okay, I would be pumped for that. I'd be pumped for for Laundry Day Vegeta. Don't get me started on Laundry Day Vegeta. Laundry Day Vegeta and getting his driver's license Goku. That, that needs really to be the next <laughs> DLC. 
Okay, I would love those as DLC costumes, though, right, for yes. any Goku or Vegeta. Obviously, as their own characters, that'd be a little silly. Uh, <laughs> well, at the rate they're going, the whole DLC <laughs> roster's a little silly. Uh, yeah, I... I I like I died when they showed the trailer for regular Goku and just the splash screen just shows up and says Goku joins the fight. It's like oh good he's finally here. <laughs> right. Wow I can't believe they went this long without putting Goku in this game. Oh wait this is like the fifteenth time they put him in this game. Ah. Oh man. But yeah so. So they'll do the finals, I think, as far as reveals. So they've already shown trailers for regular Goku and regular Vegeta, but we don't know when they're coming to Dragon Ball Fighters yet. So I think what they're going to do is, after the finals, they'll be like, you can get Goku and Vegeta right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. They will shadow drop Goku and Vegeta. And then maybe after that, they will also show us uh, character trailers for the next two DLC characters. Uh, Data Miners have uh, have pretty much revealed that it's Android 17, um, mm-hmm. a version of him from the Tournament of Power arc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he'll so he'll do some stuff that isn't just the stuff that 18 does. That's good, at least. And Cooler from uh, one of the Dragon Ball movies, he's Frieza's brother. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of a fan favorite. Okay. So, so I think those two getting a reveal trailer would make sense. Sure. And uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is a is being published by Namco Bandai, mm-hmm. uh, Bandai Namco. So I think there'll be some other Bandai Namco reveals in there. Okay. Uh, some more anime-specific ones, unlike Tekken 7. That could include the My Hero Academia fighting game that's coming out later this year, mm-hmm. or the One Piece game that's coming out later this year. But I think one that we'll definitely get is some kind of character reveal for Jump Force. Nice. Uh, their, you know, that, that new 3D, 3 versus 3 fighting game. That they announced recently. Right. Um, not sure which specific characters we get, maybe, but hopefully something cool. Actually, like, uh, Midoriya from, uh, Deku from, uh-huh. from My Hero Academia would be like a fucking dope ass reveal. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I feel like there's no way, you know, that like they're not gonna show him off at some point. Like he's yeah. gotta be there, you know? But, uh, I hope that it's at Evo. I yeah. think that that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, alternately, I, th- <laughs> I think another cool thing, Bandai Namco had a bunch of reveals back to back to back last year mm-hmm. at Evo. So I think maybe they'll like, you know, they'll, they'll really rattle them off like that. And then they'll just announce a new fighting game at the end. Okay. And it's hard to guess what it'd be, <laughs> but I would love if actually like we, we don't see like a brand new work system works games after Guilty Year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because team three has been working on Naruto fighters. <laughs> and they and they just announced that and it's like this will be at Evo next year, baby. That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Definitely more potential for character variety. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Although I mean, character variety doesn't matter when I'm just playing as Rock Lee the entire time. <laughs> You'll need to pick two other characters, man. No, I won't. <laughs> he can handle anybody. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. So kind of kind of late night for us. Mm-hmm. Uh Street Fighter 5, even though Dragon Ball Fighters got more entrance this year, <laughs> uh Mr. Wizard, the Joey Queller, the head of Evo kind of does whatever he wants anyway. He does do that. Yeah. Like 
<laughs> it's it's definitely like um, you know obviously I if you're running a fighting game tournament that big you should be allowed to make executive decisions sure, and sure. all that but I think it's kind of disappointing to me because Combo Breaker and CEO two huge fighting game tournaments yeah uh, just very high quality ones uh, they both like to do a thing where it's like yeah if if the most if this game has the most people entering it, then we're going to give that game the spotlight because that's right. what people are excited about. The Smash Bros. Wii U, like the bigger game with more entrants, is get doing its finals on Saturday while Melee is on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, just because, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Mr. Um, Wizard is so interesting to me because when you first hear about him, you kind of get this mental image of like a mysterious figure in a cloak and a top hat. You know, his name's like, like Mr. Wizard. And then you watch him in interviews and he's this like kind of quiet, unassuming guy who nevertheless radiates this kind of bizarre confidence as he should because yeah. he's the director of Evo. Right. So he'll just be like casually talking about like, yeah, we just decided to run, you know, Street Fighter V as the last game and that thing. And that, that's fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you're I, just like wow i've never been so like turned like, on <laughs> like not intimidated and intimidated at the same time <laughs> strange sensation what what an interesting take on that guy <laughs> but anyway yeah street fighter 5 finals this this one's the easiest to predict really yeah the, their their next dlc character that's going to come out is this guy with a long beard and a top hat named g right and uh we're gonna see his gameplay like they haven't said that straight up, but we we know the pattern by now. We yeah. we know we know that every two months Capcom shows a new Street Fighter character, so they're gonna show G. And my guess is that his moveset is going to have some similarities to Q from Street Fighter Three. Makes sense. And uh, basically, once we get him, his story will kind of reveal that he gets turned into Q somehow. Uh huh. I can see that. Yeah, I like Q. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think that he's a fun character. And I always enjoy watching people who are really good with him because he's kind of considered a lower tier character. Yeah. So it's kind of almost like the Dan Hibiki effect where like nobody's expecting you to play Q. So nobody has any matchup experience against Q. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly you're just like beating on your chest and charging at people and cornering them and beating the shit out of them and they, <laughs> beating the shit out of them and they have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Uh, so that's always fun. That is fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Street Fighter V Finals. Those are generally pretty, pretty intense and pretty fun to watch. Yes. Then I have one miscellaneous prediction okay. I want to make. I'm not sure where they would slot this into any reveals. Right. But I think it's worth noting. So a little while back, there was this company called Radiant Entertainment. Right. That was making this fighting game called Rising Thunder. Mm-hmm. It was a free-to-play game where you controlled your character with the keyboard. Right. And it was actually, like, really intuitive. Like, you, uh, your moves were, like, on cooldowns and stuff. And it was actually, like, a really, like, innovative way to do a fighting game. Yes. Like, Rising Thunder was surprisingly fun. You were, like, all these robot characters. And, uh, and then very suddenly, uh, Radiant Entertainment got bought by Riot Games. Mm-hmm. The owners of the league of legends ip right and then they suddenly stopped making rising thunder (laughs) and started new work on a secret project that they couldn't tell us apart Hmm. about wonder what it could be (laughs) yeah actually uh, i kind of do wonder what it could be at this point right yeah it was two years ago riot games has very recently said that uh they're gearing into their second phase of the company where they're going to start like 
releasing a couple new games right um like every five years or so and people are thinking that we might see one of those games sooner sooner than they're implying because Mm -hmm. they're they're really starting to like crank into full gear now another fun note about radiant entertainment even under the ownership of riot games several members of radiant entertainment are high-ranking members of the Evo staff. Ah. Tom Cannon and Seth Killian are both heavily involved ah. in Evo, and they are also both members of Radiant Entertainment. That is interesting. So it would be very easy to, at some point, maybe in between games or something, uh, just release a trailer for whatever game they're working on, which may or may not be a League of Legends fighting game. As a guy who used to play League of Legends a lot and then stopped when they got rid of Team Builder for some stupid reason, <laughs> I would love to be able to kind of get back into that universe in a way that I could appreciate. Yeah. I tried to get into League of Legends and failed <laughs> because just MOBAs are not my genre. They're not Hey, my, that's fair. Yeah, they're not my thing and they're just really boring to me, but I am kind of into that League of Legends universe and intrigued yeah. by it. So it'll be really cool to have an excuse to get into that lore by exploring these characters in a fighting game. I'd love that. Well, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that possibility, and I guess we'll see what happens. So for those of you who only care about Smash Bros. when it comes to fighting games... <laughs> you can you, tune back in yeah, right now. Yeah, you can wake up, because uh, now we're going to talk about Smash Bros. and its representation at Evo. So I'm going to do this a little out of order. Smash Bros. Melee is going to have their top eight. Uh, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. Right. And I'm talking about them first because I think that Nintendo is just going to ignore Melee like they always do, (laughs) and there's not going to be any reveals or anything after Melee. I would be fine with that. Yeah. However, Smash Bros. Wii U finals are Saturday starting at 8 p.m. Pacific time, and, like, that's the last tournament of the night. Right. This will probably be the last appearance of Smash Bros. Wii U. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that Nintendo is going to send them off uh, with an ultimate character reveal. Okay. I think that's a solid bet. Uh, do, you have, uh, do you have any specific characters you think could be revealed? Uh, not specific characters. However, I think there would be a certain poetry if they did something like, you know, this is going to be the last time that we are kind of representing Smash Wii U at a tournament, mm-hmm. so we want to set it off with this, and then it's like a character that was introduced in Wii U or prominent in Wii U that's returning. Oh. Or, or, or like maybe like another character from a franchise, like somebody who was introduced in Wii U shows up, and then another character from that game is the reveal or something oh, like that. Oh, okay, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, kind of, oh, a, you, kind you of mean, a carrying the torch. Yeah. You mean like a character that was in Smash Wii U, right? Or, or or just a character that was prominent on the Wii U as a console, uh, right? Yes, sorry. That, that, that's so, what that's what you meant. Yeah, because like obviously the yeah, characters right. who were in Smash Wii U are coming back. Yes, yes, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Like uh, you know, here's uh, I don't know, zombie U protagonist. Not really, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Captain Toad would be a great pick for that. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. That is, is that is that who you're gunning for? Uh, I have a couple characters that I think would make a lot of sense for an Evo reveal. Uh, the first character is an ARMS character, mm-hmm. and we'll get into exactly who 
a little later because this is the new franchise episode. Oh. Wah, 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 wah. Hey, that's the sound that arms make when they go really, ex- when they extend a lot of arms. <laughs> <laughs> Just every time. I, I'm going to punch you. Wah, 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 that's wah, why that wah, game wah, 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 kind wah, 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 of was, you know, received in a critically lukewarm way just because of that sound effect. Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> my, my review uh, for arms is six wah, 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 wahs out of ten. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I think an ARMS character would be really cool for an EVO reveal. You know, like ARMS, uh, was it EVO Japan? And, uh, and they've, you know, they've got like that fighting game cred, mm-hmm. right? However, uh, there's one character I think is far more likely. Okay. Heihachi from Tekken. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Ah, how, how did you not see this answer coming? Did, or, or I just <laughs> I I'd put him out of my mind <laughs> because I don't want to think about Heihachi. I I just like this is the perfect environment to announce Heihachi in. Anyone that's going to be excited about Heihachi is going to be in the Evo audience. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I think that you are correct that if Heihachi is in the game, this would be a great time to announce him. But holy shit, I hope he's not in the game. <laughs> God, could we please just not put him in there? It'd be such a waste of a character slot. I I I have I have a second prediction. Okay. Uh if Heihachi gets revealed for Smash Ultimate, uh-huh. uh, you're going to see his trailer and begrudgingly admit that he looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm open to uh entering into that wager. We'll see we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like he's he's the big one my worst fear is that Heihachi's gonna be in this game and just because i really dig his mechanics i'm going to wind up playing <laughs> and <hitting myself. laughs> uh, i would be so mad oh man the, just for the whole duration of smash that would be delicious like you're many Heihachi, but you're like grumbling the whole time it's like oh this fucking goddamn i was watching this was years ago a blaze blue tournament at one point where someone mm-hmm. was playing tager and doing very well and at one point the announcer said like Ah, he's doing so well, and at a game he loves so dearly, and the guy looked over and went, I don't love this game. (laughs) (laughs) It just happened that he was really good at Blaze Blue, so he was playing it basically for the money. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) Oh, that's really good. What makes me think Heihachi is going to be at Evo in in Smash, like, even harder, Mm -hmm. is that even if... Even if he's not revealed during the ultimate slot, mm-hmm. what if he gets a Smash trailer after Tekken 7? Uh, right? There's so many opportunities. Uh, There's so many. I'm sorry. It's happening. It's happening, Sean. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this with the inevitability that I would look forward to, like, a root canal. <laughs> like, I know it's coming. I've made the dentist appointment or whatever, and I know it's going to happen. I'm just getting ready for it. And maybe I'll even like it when I've had the root canal done and I'm not (laughs) experiencing extreme dental pain. But in the meantime, it just sucks the whole time. (laughs) It's going to be like so vindicating for you if he's not there, though. It's going to be great. Yeah, that I'm I'm sure I would. I'll be. I won't. I honestly won't even be smug about it because I'll just be relieved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, (laughs) Actually, that reminds me. A quick news side note: Um, we were talking last episode about the possible about this 
rumor, right, mm-hmm. about this roster rumor that a lot of people were clinging on to. Right. The one that had all these code names, right, like uh, Ponytail and King and oh, an yeah. Old Man and stuff, right? I'm not basing my prediction upon that rumor because it's fucking not true like I said it was. That's good. Uh or should I say it's unlikely? Okay. Uh, the rumor included, uh, the assertion that there would be a July mini direct where we would get Ponytail and King announced, aka uh, Dixie Kong and King K. Rule. July's over. Yep. It's we don't, August. Yeah. We don't have any of those characters. And like, that's, I, I said last episode, I don't think that rumor's real because I don't see a mini direct happening in July. It's mm-hmm. too soon for a mini direct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, Dick by that, obviously. That's good. Like, what a what an obnoxious rumor. <laughs> hey, guys, I made code names for all these <laughs> characters. You gotta figure out who they are. A ponytail. <laughs> also, you're doing this for the whole month of August. Yeah. See you never. <laughs> and then it was fake. Yeah, like, I, uh, it, like, props to that, that rumor. Like, it did have a lot of plausible things going for mm-hmm. it. But I, I never bought it because of that July thing. Right. Um, for the record, I don't really think we're going to get a traditional Nintendo Direct this month either. Okay. Um, I think we're going to get a Nindy Direct within the next couple weeks. Okay. That's, uh, that's a little bonus prediction for you guys. Mm. Um, there have just been like, I've, I've seen a lot of indie developers lately being like, oh yeah, we, we want to make, we want to make an announcement about our game, uh, maybe about some platforms it's coming to, <laughs> but uh, we got to wait for some arbitrary reason. Right. And actually, just just today, just today as of this recording, uh, Toby Fox announced that the Japanese version of Undertale is coming out September 15th. Okay. Uh, and that announcements for other countries are coming <laughs> soon. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what format we could get that announcement in. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a bunch bunch of extra predictions for you guys. Boy, we're just predicting up a storm here on a Smashing Theory. It's almost like this is what the podcast is built for. Well, we don't call it the Super Smash Bros. Not Prediction Podcast <laughs> because we do predict. Oh, things that was really podcast. good, Sean. That Thanks. Was, that was really good. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. I'm also glad you agree that Heihachi will never, ever, ever be in Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. You're, we're all on the same page here. Exactly. But yeah, that's all the Evo stuff. I think that Evo is going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to find out a lot of cool stuff. I bet there will be something that I did not see coming at all. I hope so, because I think that's the most fun Smash reveal. You yeah. Know? yeah. Or I just mean, reveal in yeah, general. Yeah, same. Like, I'm, I'm pretty confident about... Hey Hachi, but uh, I I could see an arms character, and I like Captain Toad would be cool. I'd I'd be yeah. pleasantly surprised with Captain Toad, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so now let's move on to the second half mm-hmm. of this episode, which is new franchises. We're gonna talk about yeah, we're gonna talk about franchises that were basically like that hadn't been released yet, or were basically brand new at the time that Smash Four came out. At the time, Smash Four was in development, so really the opportunity for them to get new characters is now for smash ultimate right so first we'll talk about a franchise that we already know Mm -hmm. is is in ultimate and that's splatoon woomy yeah splatoon was in that situation it actually was so popular that they decided to make some smash 4 costumes for it right but ultimately it was it was too late to make 
DLC of them or anything. So now here they are in Smash Ultimate, and they're great. Yes. Yeah, like, the, the Inklings are awesome. Their moveset is really cool. Very well implemented. Yeah, cover, cover up in ink, and the, and you can do more damage to them. Uh, just their entire arsenal mm-hmm. is, is like, just worked into their moveset in various ways. It's really cool. I like it a lot. Yes. You got the Squid Sisters as assist trophies. And there, we've mentioned before that they're, like, one of the best assist trophies in the franchise. They're really cool. Yeah. Very like, in character, their whole right? thing. Right? Yeah. Like, they dance on stage, it zooms in on them, and then, like, the blast zone also gets smaller. <laughs> I, I love that. So, uh, so just real quick, I wanted to, like, have potential new character discussion. Okay. I think since the Inklings are getting, in- are getting introduced, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get re- really anything else, right? The Inklings, right. The Inklings all you really need. But I think the idea of the Octoling... Uh-huh. Um, as a DLC character or as an echo fighter mm-hmm. for the inkling is worth talking about for a second. Okay. Like, I think that'd be cool. I think Octolings look great. I agree. However, for one, like the Octolings look so similar aesthetically to the inklings that it'd be kind of, uh, kind of weird. Yeah. You could echo almost fighter. do, the, you could almost do them as just like an alternate costume and not even an echo fighter. Yeah. Also, I, I don't know. I feel like echo fighters are going to be of characters that are. That have been around longer. Sure. You know, I, I, I definitely get the feeling that you're yeah, getting there. Yeah. Releasing a character and a psycho fighter in the same game, uh, hasn't happened yet. Right. Hasn't happened yet. And I don't see it happening in Ultimate either. Okay. Yeah. And some of this stuff actually retreads uh, what we talked about in our first episode, uh, bosses, right? Yeah. Uh, we talked about DJ Octavio, mm-hmm. the final boss from Splatoon as a boss that you can fight in some kind of, Smash Bros. story mode. I still think this would be amazing. Yeah. I think he'd also be a great stage boss for another Splatoon Ooh, stage. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just kind of fighting, and then suddenly he shows up and shoots out his rocket fists at you. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be really neat. Oh, uh, that'd be dope as hell. Stages. Uh, the Moray Towers are a confirmed stage. And really, I think that's all we're getting. Okay. But if we did get another Splatoon stage, I think Inkopolis Square would be great. That would be really cool. Yeah. And, you know, you could have... You could have uh, the Squid Sisters of Arena and Pearl like doing a concert in the background, mm-hmm. but since the Squid Sisters are an assist trophy, I feel like that's <laughs> less likely now. I think like I think having like concerts in the background of Incomplete Square is like a big draw of what mm-hmm. that stage could be. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, like the the assist trophy kind of busts the wind out of those sails. We'll just have to stick with KK Slider for concerts in the background. That's, I'm okay with that compromise. <laughs> that works for me. Me too. As far as new items goes, right. I like since we know that the that the inkling kind of has like pretty much every weapon in the game. Right. It's hard to think of what they would do for new items. Uh, like it'd be cute to have like Lil Judd or something as an item, but Lil Judd <laughs> is already on the uh-huh. the Moray Tower stage, so I don't know if we're gonna get any Splatoon items, and that's probably fine. Okay, I I can think of one, but it's a Splatoon two spoiler. Sure, bring it up. Okay. There is a pair of sunglasses that comes into play in Splatoon 2 called Hypno Shades huh. that allow Octolings to take control of Inklings. Oh. And I could see that being an item where, like, you pick it up and throw it at one of your foes, and then they become an AI-controlled ally that fights for you for, like, a sec. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Okay, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. That would be my item idea for Splatoon. Okay, nice. Not bad. So, the soundtrack, we already know some of the music that's going to be in 
Smash Bros representing Splatoon. Yeah, we've already heard some of it, and it's great. Yeah, we've got Splatack, right? The kind of that main Splatoon theme. Mm-hmm. That's. It seems like we're getting both like the original version of that and a cool remix of it in Smash Ultimate. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bomb Rush Blush. We've already talked about on this podcast how good that theme is. Yes, my top one new Smash song <laughs> so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's great. When the Squid Sisters show up as the assist trophy, the song that they sing is sung, and it's it's great. <laughs> right. I would love. Uh, it's called Calamari Incantation, mm-hmm. and and I would love uh, to also just have a full remix of that. That would be great. although it'd, it'd be really weird if like that's playing on the Mori Tower <laughs> stage, and then you get the Cali, then you get the Cali and Mari assist trophy and then right, like right. that song plays after that song plays that is a little weird but it would still be good yeah it'd be worth it uh as far as new splatoon tracks i think two i really want one is the off the hook theme that's the that's the song that marina and pearl sing mm-hmm. in splatoon 2 it's very funky and groovy and i i think that's worth having even just like copy and pasting in there that'd be nice sure but i really want to hear now or never uh, and that's the, that's the song that plays when you've only got one minute left uh, in the Splatoon <laughs> match. You know, they're like, the uh-huh. uh, that'd be a great fight song. Yeah. I, I wish you could, you guys could see how emotive Daniel is being right now. Just imagine that every time he's singing a new note, he's shifting his head to a new sassy posture, <laughs> and uh, you'll you'll have an idea of how that's going. Good, good visual. Thank, thank you, Sean. you. Yeah, I if I could add any Splatoon track to Smash, I would just want a direct rip of the trailer, the song that plays during the Octo expansion trailer <laughs> in that game. It is good. the rawest song that has ever been made for any Nintendo game. It rocks i actually have i have like youtube music so you can make like playlists of you know youtube songs right and uh, that's in there it's good it gets played on my rotation when i listen <laughs> to music uh it's it's that good it's really really great i'm not normally someone who just like has music and i'm like listening to it on my commute from video games right right uh, but that did make it in there nice nice yeah so let's move on to something that we can actually speculate more about. Okay. Uh, the big boy, the big one for this episode, mm-hmm. arms. What sound did you make again with the, with the arm? Shooting uh, out? Bloop, 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 bloop. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> it was like, whoop, 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 yeah, whoop, 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 there you yeah. go. Yep. This is probably not it either. <laughs> uh, well, some... You know, we'll listen back and we'll, yeah. we'll remember. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make a correction. Yeah, that's, that's the better... <laughs> <laughs> Back the next episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next episode. So the next time. Know. Now, now, last time I said the the sound effect was. So arms. So I think the debate about arms is arms is, was one of the first games that was revealed for the Nintendo Switch. Right. right. It was during that big Nintendo Switch reveal event. Uh, Arms was shown as sort of an example of this new IP that we would get. It mm-hmm. came to the Switch in spring, sometime in spring 2017. Right. And, you know, it was, it was sort of this really, really wacky 3D fighting game where where you use motion controls. And when you punch with the Joy-Con, the characters would punch forward with their stretchy arms. And it was right. kind of like weird, like, uh, like 
uh, Stretch Armstrong punch out, you know, <laughs> uh, but in a really cool way. And uh, a lot of people are concerned that Sakurai Pi started working on Smash Bros. Ultimate in 2016. Mm-hmm. And that since ARMS, you know, wasn't necessarily sure to be popular, maybe they weren't banking on on the character designs being something that people would want to play in a fighting game. Right. That maybe, like Splatoon, it was too late to put ARMS into Smash Bros. Okay. And in fact, like, the the producer of ARMS was like, oh, I would love an ARMS character in Smash Bros, but uh, I might, they, the game might be a bit too new for that. <laughs> Uh, and it's hard to tell whether that guy's teasing or whether mm-hmm. he's being genuine. But I think, I think an arms character is going to be in Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay. Uh, whether it's at launch or as a DLC character, I think they are guaranteed to be an ultimate. Cool. Uh, and it might be DLC. Maybe they were too late to make that initial roster cut. Mm-hmm. But if that happens, I think DLC is a given. So. There's a lot of great characters in ARMS. Yes. Right? Like Twintel, obviously, people love. Mm-hmm. Min Min has a great-ass design. True. Uh, even, like, a fucking... What's that, like, green one that looks like he's oh. made out of, like, Gak or if something? If you're expecting me to remember any yeah. characters from ARMS, you're, right, you're yeah, talking to the yeah. wrong guy, no, that's fair. That's fair. But I love that guy. But obviously, I think if we're getting an ARMS playable character, it's down to one of two. True. The most obvious one is Springman. Yeah. Uh, the guy in the box art. The guy that's obviously kind of the face of the whole thing. Uh, it's just kind of funny to think, like, the face of ARMS. <laughs> like, well, that's either yeah. the poster character of the <laughs> ARMS franchise, or you need to have your arm looked at by a doctor. <laughs> My arm's got because, a because face! Because there's a problem here. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's kind of the Ryu of ARMS, and he has a couple of characters that play like him, but with spins, right? Right. Like Max Brass is basically the Akuma to Springman's Ryu. <laughs> and, uh, and there's, there's a fucking robot Springman called Springtron. <laughs> so I think he's the most obvious one, but I want to talk about another character. Okay. From arms. And that's Ribbon Girl. Ah. Now I think Ribbon Girl is, you know, Maybe a bit less obvious. Okay. But I think she has some stuff going for her that Springman doesn't. Mm-hmm. First off, here's the stuff that she has going for her that Springman also has going for him. Okay. Uh, she and Springman were both featured in the reveal trailer for ARMS. They right. both got equal billing. Sure. sure. Right? Like, the, like, it showed that match between, like... That guy and like that girl, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the live action like fight, but then t- where they then turn into Springman and Ribbon Girl respectively, right? Right? They both got like equal billing in that trailer. The arms box art is Springman fighting Ribbon Girl, right? Right. Uh, so it's it's not that only Springman is the face. Ribbon Girl is also kind of arguably the face, and you know, like in the universe, in the lore, she's very important. She's like this big time pop star. And, like, half the characters in the universe are a fan of Ribbon Girl and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I think it might be a bit presumptuous of us to assume that because Springman is the male lead, he's the most likely. Sure. Right? And here's some, here's a couple things that Ribbon Girl is going for. First of all, she's a female character. Yes. Smash always needs more female characters, and Sakurai is always looking for more female characters. Agreed. Um, and second, Ribbon Girl canonically has a double jump. 
uh, a triple jump even uh, yeah like uh like her special ability in arms is that she can jump in the air up to two extra times okay well there you go right but you know obviously there's a lot of characters in smash that don't canonically have a double jump but there they are sure but still yeah and i think i think she'd be really cool i think like I think really any moveset you come up with for Springman, you could also give Ribbon Girl that moveset, mm-hmm. you know? And she's got some cool, if I'm remembering right, she's got some cool default arms. She's got, like, one that, like, turned into a party popper, basically, you know? <laughs> uh, she's got some cool stuff going on. Nice. It's hard. Sometimes it's really easy for me to go against the grain, mm-hmm. as we've seen from several episodes of this podcast. Yeah, like Heihachi. <laughs> That's not me going against the grain. <laughs> That's that's You're more... going against my grain, yeah. you bastard. <laughs> uh, but this uh, this one's a little tougher because I do see Springman, and Springman does make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? I think one thing that could happen actually is that like Springman's playable, but Ribbon Girl is an alternate costume for him. I was just thinking about that, right? That would they make just sense. yeah, they just control the exact same way. Their models, like you know, their skeletons the same. Or even Ribbon Girl as an Echo Fighter Springman. Sure. Although, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I think I'm going to say Ribbon Girl. All right. I think I'm going to say Ribbon Girl, yeah, because she's she's got that stuff going for her. Like, everyone's expecting an ARMS character, but not everyone is expecting her. So that's a way for Sakurai to give us something expected that's also a surprise. <laughs> Taking expect the unexpected, really, literally. Yeah, and maybe Springman can be an alt costume for her. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Take that, gender norms. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, this is the, I think this is the first, pre- like, the first, uh, new prediction that I'm locking in in, like, a couple episodes, mm-hmm. like, in terms of roster. Congratulations. But I am locking that in. Ribbon Girl. All right. For I'm, Smash Ultimate. I'm locking it in, too. You, Ribbon Girl, you're yeah, with me? I think that, uh, I think arms representation is a no brainer, and, uh, I really like the idea. Even if I'm wrong, cool. I like the idea of it being Ribbon Girl so much that I'm willing to take the risk. Nice. All right. Yeah. We're in this together. Awesome. I think when it comes to bosses, ARMS has really got some really cool options, actually. Okay. Um, so there is a boss character mm-hmm. in ARMS called Headlock, which is basically like this giant like mask that has <laughs> like multiple arms coming out of it. <laughs> and uh, it's very like creepy and and uh cool looking he could he could be a very cool a very cool boss mm-hmm. alternately dr coil is sort of the <laughs> evil scientist that invented arms or something okay or maybe she just has like a lot of arms related experiments or something mm-hmm. she is awesome she's got a great design and she'd be a cool boss character maybe just like Maybe it could be her and Headlock like, uh, combined. That'd be cool. Like she like summons Headlock or something. I'd like to add, by the way, that both of the spellings for these bosses are pretty edgy. Yeah. Headlock head- is H-E-D-L-O-K. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Coil. Coil is C-O-Y-L-E. Yeah. I actually like it. I, I kind no, of- No, me too. I think I, it suits the universe. Yeah. I kind of like how much they embrace that faux edginess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Horse Comics is doing- a is doing an arms comic book series that is perfect for that right yeah and i'm actually legit looking forward to that that should be fun stages Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great stages okay um spring stadium is kind of the default stage uh maybe kind of another reason that a lot of people are thinking spring man right sure sure uh and it'd it'd be a 
it'd be a cool stage. It even has like these uh these sort of platforms that are springs that you can bounce off uh, of. That'd be great. Yeah. It'd be perfect for Smash. Ribbon Ring is Ribbon Girls' stage and it's mm-hmm. basically sort of like her concert hall with a lot of these like blocks that sort of like disappear as you hit them. Uh, also cool as a Smash gimmick. Yes. Uh there's uh ramen bowl mm-hmm. where the stage is just a giant ramen bowl. Good. Whatever, I'd be into that. <laughs> and uh and then there's the Sky Arena, which is the place where you fight the final boss. Okay. And it's just basically this this cool basically like tournament ring just like suspended in the air. Nice. Also a great fit for Smash. They'd all be perfect. <laughs> if I if I were to lock into one, I'd probably say Spring Stadium. Okay. Uh but which one would you most like to have in your heart of hearts? In my heart of hearts Ribbon Girl fighting on Ribbon Ring just has a good feel to it. Okay. Uh but Ramen Bowl would also be hilarious. <laughs> There's also like Twin Tell stage is just like in Hollywood. <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, that'd that'd be fun. Like yeah. you're, you're bouncing like off of like cars, like in front of this. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll, I'll fucking. Uh, there's a junkyard huh. stage. Oh man, they'd all be whatever. They <laughs> they should just turn arms into a fighting game. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've I have had thoughts that exceed that stupidity level before, <laughs> Good, including thanks. things like. Man, you know, Nintendo's got such a great roster of characters. What if they made a fighting game with all of them? <laughs> but you always think along the lines of what if our system works like made like right, a TV yeah, fighting like what game it, with right, them. exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of, but yeah. then a second later after that thought I always go, "Oh, Smash. There's a Smash game. A podcast. I run a podcast with the Smash game." In it. Ha! Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any any stage ideas from your end? I know that you haven't really played ARMS and you've only seen me like play bits and pieces of it. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, uh, that's... just due to, due to lack of exposure. Yeah, that's fair. So I guess I'll just go on. Items. Go on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so really, like, the only real items in the game are the various, like, arms you can have, right? The right. various, like, the various fists you can you can equip yourself with. Mm-hmm. And that, that would be weird. <laughs> uh, so... There's a character in Arms uh named Bite and Bark. Ah, cute. Um, yeah, Bite is uh is like a robot policeman <laughs> and Bark is his robot dog that Aww. he can use as a platform to spring off. Oh, of. that's cool. So basically, Bark should be an item that just sort of like rolls around and you can like <laughs> bounce off of him for for extra air. I like that. That works. Yeah. Also, it's spelled B A R Q, which just makes me want root beer. <laughs> <laughs> He's the bite, the policeman, and root beer, the dog. Go, go. <laughs> That'd be a really cute name for a dog, depending on the kind of dog. I think that could oh, really work. Uh, yeah, root beer is like sort of this, like, like what is like this, just like fat, lazy little dog. Uh-huh. Either, or either that, or like a a big fuzzy terrier or something. You know? Yeah. Our mutual friends, Chris and Leslie, mm-hmm. uh, they're married and they have. They have just the stupidest dog in the world named Potato. <laughs> like, I love Potato to death. He's one of my favorite dogs in the universe. And Root Beer could have been one of his alternate names. I was actually working with Chris last year on a project, like an extended project, where I had to kind of stay at his house for a while. Yeah. And me and Potato were best buds. <laughs> I would go to the house and Potato was up on the couch just hanging out with me, like, like kind of standing up on the arm of the couch to make sure that everything was okay in the house <laughs> while I was there. Uh we were we were mates. We were pals. 
Potato's and, the uh, best. He's so great. <laughs> Never has a dog been more aptly named. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It, the, the name Potato suits him so well. It, oh, hello, Potato. But yeah, Bark would be a good item. Yes. Uh, and soundtrack. Arms both has an amazing soundtrack and kind of a disappointing one. Mm. Uh, because that main theme is yeah. so good, right? <laughs> like that, oh, ah, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. It is oh, very good. Oh, like, oh, it's so good. It's really, really good. It's so good. And the fact that nearly every character's theme is a remix of that mm. theme is both like, you know, it's like you get some great remixes of that amazing theme, right. but the soundtrack gets real repetitive real fast. That's a shame. But I think the main theme getting remixed would be really great for Smash Bros. True. And also they could sort of own that they could sort of work with that and just have a medley of all the <laughs> character themes and sort right. of you know you just get you just get like a, a good montage of the way they remix this main theme in all these cool ways that's really cool yeah i like that but man they, they really killed it with that main theme I, I hope if they ever make an arms too, the soundtrack has some more variety mm-hmm. uh yeah just the the great foundation great start for that soundtrack for sure for sure uh, so moving on to the the last like big new franchise I think we're going to talk about uh because we have some a uh, little bit of precedent to talk about it. Uh Snipper Clips. <laughs> so for Snipper Clips we're going to start with the soundtrack actually because we know that some Snipper Clips music is in Smash Bros. The track Noisy Notebook has a actually a kind of a cool ballin mm-hmm. uh remix for Smash Bros. You know it's like okay so where would Snipper Clips go? In, like, my music. Like, what stage is Snipperclips going to be playing on? Right. Basically, what I'm thinking is there's going to be a Snipperclips stage in okay. Smash Bros. Ultimate. Okay. Yeah, I think there's going to be a Snipperclips stage. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's basically just sort of going to be just... It's just going to be based on the game in general and just have a bunch of, like, a bunch of elements from the game... Sure. ...as, as a whole just mixed into the stage. Mm-hmm. Just, like, a bunch of, like, wacky puzzles that are that serve as... Like Stage hazards, hazards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I guess we'll we'll jump back and talk about potential characters. So the snipper clips, like the little <laughs> the little shapes that can cut themselves, uh, would be kind of a fun character, like as a pair. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that much is likely. I don't think we're getting a snipper clips character. I think we're just getting a stage. Like, like that's definitely kind of on the outer bounds of Sakurai's weirdness. Yeah, you know. Like, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Right. But I'm definitely, my body's giving me a signal to dismiss that. You know, yeah. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, no, I, like, it's funny, I think he could do it a game from now. It feels, uh... it feels a little too soon. Actually, you know what? The snipper clips would make a great assist trophy. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. And I I tried to write down stuff for every element, so I got bosses down here and I wrote basketball hoop. The basketball hoop in Snipper Clips is a boss. Uh, I didn't have anything. I'm sorry. I also don't have any items for Snipper Clips. It's it's kind of this. It's kind of a small, weird little game. I it you is. Know, I don't think we're. It's gonna have that much stuff. Daniel really wanted to stick to the formula, but this is this is testing his formula. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But yeah, the, we kind of blazed through that one. But uh, but yeah, I, I think in general, there's uh, there there are a lot of like new IPs that actually got introduced like since Smash Four, but they're all like very small, right? We have yeah. like. We had this, like, Tank Troopers, just, like, this very small little digital game. We had a uh, codename Steam, right? Mm-hmm. That that got introduced right in that time frame. But I, I don't think we're really going to see anything from codename Steam. Right. 
There's Ever Oasis. Mm-hmm. That game just came out. I don't think that's really going to have any representation either, especially so because it kind of, I feel like it kind of flopped. I don't hear anyone ever talking about Ever Oasis anymore. Right. If I'm recalling correctly, the critical reception was kind of lukewarm, uh, and I have to imagine that it didn't wasn't exactly selling like hotcakes either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, with with all that out of the way, let's read some listener mail when okay. it comes to new franchises. So we got an email from uh, sometimes writer Vinny G. Right. So Vinny G says, QB, the main character from Box Boy, Box Box Boy. And bye bye, box boy. Uh, <laughs> he is a box with legs and adorable. He's also had three games in the past two years, all of which have sold rather well. And his series is developed by Hal Laboratory of ah, Kirby fame. Hmm. He'd have a unique fighting style as well, with most of his moves involving creating boxes on stage which would act as platforms and hazards for a while before disappearing. And I'm sure there'd be a Pikmin-like component added in where only a certain number of boxes could be made at once. Okay. And, uh, and, and jumping out for a sec, that's kind of the, the gameplay of the Box Boy franchise. It's a puzzle game where Box Boy can stretch himself out to sort of make, like, Tetris oh, piece shapes. Yep, now oh, that you're yeah. saying that, I'm remembering the visuals. From yeah, the right? That yeah. sort of black and white aesthetic? Yeah. Yeah. Vinny continues, do I want to see QB as a fighter? Uh, QB spelled Q-B-B-Y, by the way. <laughs> Very cute. Do I want to see QB as a fighter? Yes. Were we not in the everyone is here timeline, I'd be very confident that he'd be <laughs> included as a fighter. However, everyone is here. <laughs> so I don't think we'll see QB as a main fighter. And I'm not quite sure about a DLC fighter. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. Uh, here's what I think about that first, that that's hilarious and great. Yes. Like I would have completely forgotten about QB if you hadn't said that in. So great pick. Thank you. Secondly, what I think perfect assist trophy character. Agreed. Perfect assist trophy character. And now that you've brought him up, I think that's definitely happening. Nice. I hope so. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yes. Thanks for writing Vinny. Uh, Go Green Beans 5 is back yes. and says... I still love that name. <laughs> I think an arms representative, most likely Springman, would be an assist trophy at most. Hmm. The extendable arms seems like too difficult of a mechanic to implement into a moveset, but Sakurai is insane and is capable <laughs> of all things. I think we will definitely get an arms stage and some music. Okay. As for a franchise that has been released after Smash 4... You could talk about Sushi Striker. <laughs> there aren't many franchises I can think of, as you can probably tell by my suggestion of Sushi Striker being in Smash in any possible way. <laughs> now, hold up, Go Green Beans 5. <laughs> I think Sushi like, so I got Sushi Striker when it came out. Yes. I, I was kind of on the fence about it, but then I played the demo, and then after I played the demo, I bought it immediately. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's such a great game. It's so charming. I love the character designs. Musashi, the protagonist of Sushi Striker, would have a great Smash moveset. Uh-huh. Like, you just run around in the match, like, eating sushi, like, off of plates, <laughs> and then, like, the more, the more, like, you eat sushi by holding B, like, the more of a stack of plates you have uh-huh. to, like, do these do these devastating, like, plate-throwing attacks. You can, like, swap through sushi sprites, Ah. like, as you're down B, and that, like, changes your properties. Kind of like just a a really wacky, hilarious shulk. I like the idea of um, the Sushi Strikers' sushi plates essentially just 
functioning as kind of an ammo mechanic yeah right like you you have to have x amount of plates in order to perform certain abilities and so if you have the opportunity to just like chow down then suddenly you're throwing out these really powerful abilities over and over again yeah um yeah i think that could be really fun yeah i think this is a situation where sushi striker came out way too way too late to be considered as a playable character i think they'd be a fun assist trophy i agree but they might even be too late for that i was gonna say i could see them as maybe just like a trophy you know yeah like a stagnant kind of thing yeah just like a regular ass trophy that's a good point but i would love them in super smash bros definitive or whatever (laughs) like right I, i think but here's the thing about that too i think sushi striker is never getting another game in the franchise. Yeah. And I think that I think that it comes out at the exact time that by the time the next Smash Bros. game is being worked on, Sushi Striker will be irrelevant. Which is a shame because it's a great little game. Oh, it's incredible. I think my favorite thing about Sushi Striker is the fact that <laughs> within the story of oh, Sushi Striker, uh-huh. the characters kind of take themselves and right? the world really seriously. <laughs> Like, it isn't really tongue-in-cheek, wink-and-a-nod kind of game. Right. It's like, there's a, there was a war, and you're on the losing side of the sushi war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now, with these sushi sprites, you have to win the sushi war. And everyone's just like, yeah, like, they're just completely into no, it. Yeah, no, I love that the protagonist is like, I lost my parents in the sushi <laughs> war, you know? It's like, fantastic. Yeah, just, just that scene where, like, she gets introduced to sushi by, like, her mentor character. Right. right? And the, the mentor's like, come, give sushi a try. Don't you want to try sushi? And she's like, no, I hate sushi. Sushi took my parents away from me. <laughs> it's like, to me, it's like the perfect antidote to the fact that Sonic Forces took itself completely seriously yeah. and it should not have. Right, yeah. You know, like they made it work yes. in Sushi Striker. And yeah, I they, really appreciate that. They really did, yeah. Uh, I need to play more of that game. It's really great. For sure. Thank you, Go Green Beans 5, for giving me an excuse to talk about Sushi Striker. And for your great name. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah, keep keep it up. Uh, Mitch E is back yet again, one yes. of our most loyal regulars. Welcome back, Mitch. <laughs> Good to have you. Mitch says, I believe that there will be no characters before DLC that was on the Switch. They mm. probably knew about Breath of the Wild beforehand to get the moveset for Link. Mm-hmm. And you can tell Mario's Cappy implementation was done at the last minute. <laughs> Plus, Inkling doesn't even have costumes from the latest game. Hmm. And Mitch, I, I don't think that's a bad point. Yeah, I think those are some keen observations. Yeah, uh, there's, like, it's a very good point that all the representation we've seen for Splatoon so far is Splatoon 1 representation mm-hmm. and not Splatoon 2 representation. And that might stretch to, like, games that were games that debuted on the Switch in general. Right. Uh, although we definitely know that we are getting a new Donk City stage from for Mario, true, right? We've true. seen We've seen some clips of that already. But I, I think that's not a bad stance to have in general. I do feel really confident about ARMS just the same because there was definitely character design posters and shit for ARMS. Like, Sakurai must have known that ARMS was a thing yes. while he was working on on Smash Ultimate. I think and, so. And I think, I faith that he saw the potential in those characters. Okay. Or at least he, he looked at them and went, I'm going to see how the game does. And if it does okay, <laughs> I'll make... DLC. Right. Yeah. But yeah, good. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Thank yes. you. <laughs> sharp, sharp eyes, Mitch boy. Yeah. Good, good job. 
Finally, we got a Twitter, we got a tweet from It's a Bug Hunt Man. It's a me, Bug Hunt Man. <laughs> and it's not a new franchises question. It's a personal question for us, which okay. I which I love taking. Me too. So It's a Bug Hunt Man says, What are your most treasured pieces of Nintendo memorabilia? Hmm. Mine is my collection of Pikmin 2 e-reader cards. <laughs> totally useless without a Japanese GameCube, but I love them all the same. Fair enough. Uh, great question, yeah, Bug Hunt Man. This in particular is a good one for Daniel because he's really a collector and he has kind of a lot of Nintendo stuff. I do. House. I do. Uh, it was kind of hard for me to think of an answer, actually, because, like, you know, I have all these Amiibos. Right. I do love all of my Amiibos, but it didn't feel like the right answer. This question did kind of remind me of kind of a memory from many years back that I had. Okay. Uh, it's funny. This is a piece of Nintendo memorabilia that I no longer have, <laughs> uh, but it's a very memorable piece nonetheless. So... When the Nintendo DS came out, uh, mm -hmm. when the Nintendo DS was first coming out and was being marketed, Nintendo uh, held a contest, right? They were they were holding a contest that people could enter, uh, and the winner basically got like a free Nintendo DS with, with some games for it and stuff. Sure. Uh, and basically, uh, at the time, their slogan for the, for the Nintendo DS going into it was, Touching is good, right? <laughs> I, I it, it, used, it used the touchscreen, yep. and their touching is good slogan was accompanied by their use of a white mannequin hand. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, shit, I forgot about like this. Like, with, with a pointed finger, uh -huh. like, just, like, touching things, right? So, basically, the Nintendo contest was, uh, mail us, mail us at Nintendo if you'd like to participate <laughs> in the contest, and if you do so... We will send you a package for free with a white mannequin hand in it. <laughs> it is then your responsibility to use that um, my white mannequin hand in a creative picture, in a creative photo that you make, or video with the slogan, Touching is Good. The best entries will get a free Nintendo DS, right? So right. I ordered the mannequin hand, and I tried to come up with ideas. And then I got the mannequin hand, and uh, my my co-host, my my other podcast co-host from Play This, Max Lando, he <laughs> he visited my house and he saw the white mannequin hand. And for the next half a year, whenever he came <laughs> over, he would hide the mannequin hand someplace where I would inevitably find it and get creeped the fuck out. That like, is beautiful. Like, he would hide it under my pillow so I'd just, like, feel it when I went to sleep and, like, jump out of bed. He would hide it in my shower. So, like, I'd get in, I'd turn the water on, I'd turn around, and the mannequin hand is just in my face. Oh, man. <laughs> that is, that's incredible. So, when I moved out of that house, and I was, like... Putting all my stuff together, I looked at the mannequin hand, and I just threw it out. <laughs> I kind of regret that now, but I knew that if I brought it to my next place that I right, lived, the, that the me, saga would continue. Yeah, exactly. Max would just keep doing it, and at that point, it was already starting to get old. That's really I funny. was like, okay, I don't need to, like... <laughs> I I don't need to like sit down on the couch and like feel like feel like the caress of the hand on my bottom, you know, like oh and like mag like and when he wasn't hiding it from me, he would just like stroke my head with the mannequin <laughs> hand, and it was like it was 
It was it was like living the grossest ASMR video. <laughs> What's funny too is that like if you only know Max from listening to play this, you would never suspect that he would do something <laughs> like this. And yet also having known Max in high school, I can totally see this having happened. Yeah, in retrospect, it was one of his better pranks. Yeah, so that's that's pretty good. Yeah, one of his better pretty pranks. Pretty good. Yeah, so, sometimes they got a little mean, but that one <laughs> that one was funny. Yeah. Uh, now, now that I've, I've had some years behind me to, sure. to remember that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of my favorite retroactive piece of Nintendo memorabilia. Okay. Do, do you have an answer, Sean? I do. Um, mine is kind of cheating because I'm not really much of a collector and I don't have kind of a lot of memorabilia just hanging around. Right, right. Um, so I have to get a little creative. Yeah, sure. However, Daniel and Daniel's girlfriend, Amy Lee, and I all went to a con together. Oh, yeah. Uh, and at one point, Amy Lee just went out and bought me a little key fob oh. of guess from, uh, specifically in her kind of design from Persona Q Shadow of the Labyrinth. Ah, which is, you know, a Nintendo game. So I I'm see. technically counting this as Nintendo memorabilia. Okay. I still have it on my keychain to this day. Aww. And it just makes me feel really appreciated by my friends. Uh, so I just like having it around, and it's my favorite piece of Nintendo memorabilia. Wow, that's really cute. That's a cute answer. I want to redo mine. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend gave me <laughs> uh, she a got kiss. You... <laughs> she got me also. Actually, you know what's funny? She, uh, I have a little like a cute miniature figurine of a Sawaddle from Pokemon. <laughs> that was a gift from my from my girlfriend Amy uh, Lee. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on our most recent episode of Play This, uh, our guest Colin was balancing it on his head and he dropped it. <laughs> and I just heard it like shatter and I thought he broke the fucking figurine. We, I don't know if it's going to make it into the episode, but we did record <laughs> Daniel's reaction and it's great. I, I was mortified. <laughs> you just hear this gasp. And then like, I sound like I'm about to cry. I'm like, right. so waddle. Uh, but anyway, thank you, It's a Bug Hunt Man, for that excellent question. Yes. Uh, we love answering the personal questions, uh, as much, like, we, we love answering any questions. We love, we love answering all of them. We always get so many more messages than we can read on the podcast, but we do read all of them and we do love reading them, so please keep sending them in. I actually have kind of an apology I feel like I need to make. And that's, uh, that's that, uh, at the end of the last episode, I I think my language was like when when I was uh when I was telling you all about about this episode and what it would be about I think I was a little unclear when I talked about new unrepresented franchises. Ah. A lot of people a lot of people suggested old unrepresented franchises. Right, because they interpreted it to mean franchises that have not been in Smash before at all. Right. Uh, I see. So, you know, and and we got a lot of answers under that context, like, like Rhythm of Heaven and stuff. Right. Um, And so even though that wasn't the intent of this episode, mm-hmm. you guys brought forth so many of those that are really worth talking about that we are going to talk about older unrepresented franchises <laughs> in a future episode. Uh, we're probably going to call that the Underdog Franchises episode. Cute. So... Sorry if we didn't read your thing on this episode. We we have them. We yes. have those suggestions, and we might end up reading them on the next episode. So just wait. Uh, you know, on on the on the upcoming episode, right? Yeah, what the next episode might be, we'll talk about it in just a second. But first, as always, as usual, 
predictions. Predictions. So, let's let's go over the predictions we've made. What's good? What's bad? What what's right? What's wrong? Here's the correct predictions we've made so far: that every character from Smash Four would return, right? The Ice Climbers would come back, Wolf would come back, and that Ridley would be a playable character. Good stuff. Predictions that we've already gotten wrong: <laughs> that every Smash character would return, including Pichu, Pokemon Trainer Young Link, and Snake. Uh huh. That Scapone would be playable. Scapone is an assist trophy. Right. That Bomberman would be playable. Bomberman is an assist trophy. That was a bummer, man. <laughs> and. <laughs> And Sean personally predicted that Midna would be playable. Midna is an assist trophy. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, predictions we've made that have not been confirmed or denied yet. Right. We've both predicted together. Captain Toad will be playable. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little shakier on that now that Captain Toad's Switch release has come and gone with no Captain Toad. Sure. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it there for now. I might, I might move it later. Stick to your guns. Sticking. Sticking to those pew pew pews for now. Speaking of sticking to a weapon, we also predicted that Rex <laughs> from uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 will be in there along with Pyrrha slash Mithra. Yes. We also predicted the Monster Hunter. We predicted Sora from Kingdom Hearts. That's Power of the Keyblade. And we predicted the Rabid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I thought you were going to be like, Wah! I thought about it, but I just, I don't know. I don't really care about the Rabid. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Some sometimes we predict things that we don't care about. Uh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and a new shared prediction: Ribbon Girl from yeah. Arms. Yeah, yeah. And see, here's uh, here's my predictions. Okay, that I've made without Sean. Right. Starman from Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. as uh, as the retro rep. Sure. I still haven't played Skyskipper yet, <laughs> uh, but I have it now. Nice. Hey Hachi. Nah. <laughs> hey Hachi. Nah. <laughs> Hey, Hachi, yeah. <laughs> from Tekken, mm-hmm. announced later this week at Evo, Ugh. and Rock Ruff, who will evolve into Lycanroc as part of his moveset. I still love that idea. Me That's too. That's such a good idea. If the if Rock Ruff slash Lycanroc is not in the game, then Nintendo needs to hire you to make Smash characters. <laughs> I would love that job with all of my heart. Oh, man. 100% of it. Agreed. And Sean's predictions that he's made without me yes. is that Mac Rider will be the retro rep. Mm-hmm. Marks from the Kirby franchise will be playable. I was going for it. It didn't work. No, I, was, I, I liked it. Thank you. And finally, that a Gen 8 starter uh, will be a DLC character. Down the line. Potentially the next to last DLC character. Yes. Not so much Route 1, more Victory Road in terms of the uh, Smash timeline. Yes. But I think they'll be there. But that we've, that's what we've got so far. We've got like a, we've got like a pretty good predictive roster so far. We'll, we'll see what's right and what's wrong in the yeah. future. Uh, we might get some, some confirms or deconfirms as soon as this weekend. <laughs> so if you're wondering where else you can find me and Sean, you can actually find us both in one place very soon yes i have a podcast called play this with my co-host max lando an episode that's coming out very very soon Mm -hmm. uh keep your eyes peeled for it i have a podcast called play this with my co-host max lando uh where we recommend video games to each other and then have in-depth discussions about them yes and one episode that's coming out very very soon keep your eyes plugged for it (laughs) peeled 
plug your eyes and peel them. And just, <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. <laughs> uh, where we uh we played through Marvel Ultimate Alliance with our friend Colin and also with Sean, who guests on the episode, and the four of us really really hash out. Uh, what a fun mess of a game that that is. <laughs> Uh, it is that. Also, at the end of that episode, uh, Sean and I actually make a very cool announcement that you guys might be interested in. So check that episode out. Yes, keep your eyes plugged and your ears peeled. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you you should see that within the next week, and that's what I'm up to. And anywhere else you want to point them, Sean? Yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. It's R E Chief. You can search for that on YouTube, and you'll find it. I have a full playthrough of Ace Attorney Investigations Miles Edwards 2 up on there. I also have kind of a stagnant Undertale Let's Play on there <laughs> that I think is pretty good in the four or so parts that I've done of it. <laughs> uh, so definitely check those out if you need something to do. Yeah, uh, that Undertale playthrough is pretty good, and I hope he finishes, or I hope he continues it at some point. I would love to. <laughs> Next time on A Smashing Theory... Depends. <laughs> <laughs> so this week is Evo. Yes. And if there is a Smash Bros. announcement of any kind at Evo, uh, we are going to break our bi-weekly schedule and do an Evo Reactions episode next week where we talk about all the Evo predictions we've made and how they lined up. Yes. If there isn't any Smash announcement of any kind over the next week, we we will still do an Evo Reactions episode of, say, we get a Smash reveal, like, two days after Evo. Right. Like, kind of like what they did with the Fire Emblem characters reveal for yeah. Smash 4, yeah. right? But yeah, if, if there's no Smash reveal over the next week, then you will see us in two weeks like you usually will. We'll talk a little about Evo, but talk more about our underdogs, uh, the underdog franchises. And we'll we'll go into more detail about what that entails Either after the Evo episode's over or on Twitter or something when that doesn't happen. So, right. so yeah, essentially keep your peepers fixed on our Twitter account. You can find us at A Smashing Theory on Twitter, and you can always send us emails at a smashing theory at gmail.com. Yes, you can send us emails 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we'll respond when we are awake <laughs> during <laughs> oh. that span of time. <laughs> I have a feeling that we will be seeing you at that Evo episode next week. So, hopefully, we will see you then. Yes, but until then, until now, until the end of time, I hope that you have a smashing time! Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow, nice balancing act. Oh, oh. Play. I fell over. Yeah. But it's still it's up there. It's a little top heavy. Oh, oh, I thought that might have been Swaddle. Hey, buddy. Swaddle. Oh, that's really cute. Oh, and <gasps> He's dead. Did it break? Swaddle. <laughs> <laughs>